Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Creston. And tonight we're going to talk about strings and symbols and frozen strings and all the strings and things. So uh, before we do that, we can review. How was your week? Okay, but I, I've done less work this week just because it's the beginning of May, which means my kids have all the school year stuff ending and plays and concerts yep. coming out, going all over the place <laughs> and rehearsals and test testing. And yeah, so. So Ma and Pa taxi is of, in full swing. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of life, a lot of taxiing around. Um, apart from that, most have been doing database consulting, Postgres consulting this past week. Uh, not so much on the rails, but that's mostly because I just haven't had time to get into other stuff I needed to do. Um, I am making some additional tweaks to my uh, interface or my integration I made with that CRM I was talking about for my application. But other than that, that's that's pretty much it. What about you? Well, um, I just started planning today on a massive refactor of our core engine app because uh, it no it, risk there yeah not not even a little bit so you can imagine i'm just you know free and breezy this week but um yeah we've got it, it's it, it's been around for a while and so you know as a as a program gets older especially a big one you end up with band-aids over the over the the bandages over the tourniquets over, you know, and it, that stuff just get all the technical debt going on. And you should kind of take small refactor steps as you're going along, but that didn't happen. So we've got a bit of a situation where um, objects are really kind of tightly coupled and cross-linked and things are reaching across to other things that they shouldn't be reaching across to and the the object boundaries aren't really being respected and so um we decided that that we should just go ahead and take some time and start unspaghettifying that stuff um because it's just not in the in the shape it needs to be so i'm writing up the plans to move that forward and it's going to be a whew, Doozy? It's it's gonna be a mountain climb. <laughs> okay. I mean like a like an Everest style mountain climb. But you know, I actually I kind of enjoy that that kind of challenge. Taking a mess Test, and organizing will it. will be your friend. <laughs> oh, but yes. <clears throat> Here is where our large, large, large test suite is going to be a happy, happy thing. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but that's that's probably going to be most of my life for the next, I don't know, three or four months probably. But we shall see. But I mean, you know, one of the things that we one of the things that we're dealing with in there is um, speed improvements. You know, trying to get into speed improvements. So the stuff we're talking about tonight. Are things that I'm going to try to be stay cognizant of as we're doing this refactoring, right. um, because the things we're talking about tonight have a lot to do with um, 
performance. So, so let's get into that. Um, strings and symbols and frozen strings. What what what's that all about? So I think we ought to kind of lay out some definitions, as it were, a bit. And I think we should also preface this, preface this by saying that we're this discussion is predominantly about Ruby. Yep. But there's also support for these types of things in other languages, but they may also be called something different. Right. So for example, I use Elixir. They don't have symbols, but they call them atoms, but they're essentially the same thing. Right. Also, Python doesn't really have symbols nor atoms, but by default, they intern string literals. So interning is kind of similar to freezing that we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of equivalent in Python. And it wasn't until ES6 of JavaScript that they actually have symbols. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's totally the same, but you know, but there are language support for this, th these concepts in other languages. There's support for these concepts in other languages, but mostly tonight we're going to be focusing on Ruby and we'll kind of mention others. Right. So this will be all Ruby terminology, but the concepts should apply to a lot of other languages. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about, first of all, we, we mentioned symbols. What are symbols? So symbols are in Ruby when you have like colon and a name. That's it's an identifier. Uh, you see them a lot in like hashes for as the keys and key value pairs. Which um, are like dictionaries or whatever. Right. Or, um, well, I mean, that's that's kind of the most common place you'll see them in Ruby code. You can use them in other places, but see them a lot there. So what are they? Well, their definition is scalar value objects used as identifiers, mapping immutable strings to fixed internal values basically means they're strings that can't be changed. Immutable strings. And if you're not familiar with the term immutable, it just means can't be changed. Yeah, and they and when it says two internal values, it, it does actually map to a particular value. And if you look at the object ID of those symbols, you can create the same symbol more than once, but it's always going to register the same object ID. Right. So um, it's immutable, and it's essentially only one copy of it. Right. And so that's one of the reasons that symbols came into being is because as opposed to strings, if, and this is in Ruby, but most languages kind of follow this convention. If I create a string, it creates a new object in a new memory space. And if I create that exact same string again, it's going to create a different object in a different memory space. So I've just taken up more memory. Whereas a symbol, if I use that symbol over and over, it points to the same object in the same memory space, so it only instantiates once. So that was kind of the purpose for having for for symbols existing. Um, Although it looks like Python, for example, they automatically make their strings immutable for literals. Right. Yeah, and there are some. So some languages do it a little, little bit different. So they they don't have symbols, but they do that kind of by default instead. Yeah, like for instance, I think in .NET, 
when you define a constant, it it kind of freezes. It treats it as a frozen string. Right. right. Okay. Um. So and they, at least when I was working in .NET, they never had the concept of frozen string, but that's how they implemented constants, really. Um, my understanding, anyway. So, um, you know, most languages have these kind of things going on. Now, so that's the difference between symbols and strings. But now we've got this concept of frozen strings. So what's that all about? And this is something I never really paid a lot of attention to. Um, they were just kind of there, but I never... I was never in a situation where I needed to care about it. So until recently. So what is a frozen string? So essentially what it does is it takes a string object and makes it immutable. So it's basically a symbol from, from function, but not in form. Um, so in Ruby, what you do is you have some string, your quoted string dot freeze. That makes it an immutable string. What that means is if I say var equals some string dot freeze, I can't change the content of that variable. Right. You can't like append more text on the end the way you normally can. Right. So it essentially becomes, if you're if you're familiar with .NET or other languages that have constants, it it becomes a constant essentially, um, if if that's terminology you're familiar with. So, and my understanding is that it doesn't keep the same. I mean, sorry it it doesn't only point to one memory space because you you still have to create the constant. Do you know if I'd have to test it. I can't remember if it creates the same memory space or not. What, with a frozen string? Yeah. Yeah, it, it puts it in the same memory space. It essentially does almost exactly the same thing that a symbol does. It puts it in the same memory space um, as the same object. So, um, one, and one of the articles I was reading is, well, why why would I choose symbols versus frozen strings what's the difference and why you know why would i want to use them and fundamentally i mean for for most applications there really isn't much of a difference other than readability what's your what's your perfect personal readability preference between colon name that shows up as blue for my in my ide and string dot freeze um they're mostly functionally equivalent um i mean there are some minor things that we'll talk about but um so in ruby 2.2 so, so here's an interesting thing just to mention <laughs> if you create a string and you freeze it so you do variable equals double quote string dot freeze and then you create another one again double quotes dot freeze it gives you the same object id 
as long as it's the same string. It'll give you the same object ID, exactly what you're saying. Right. But if you create a string, like you say, A equals string, and then B equals string, and then you say, okay, now freeze it, it's giving me different object IDs, which makes sense. You mean like they... a, you do that and then A dot freeze and then B dot freeze? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, you know, it cr went ahead and created that string un in an unfrozen state. It allocated the memory. Right. And then it created a totally separate one, allocated the memory, and then you freeze them separately. Well, they're going to have different, right. even though they're the same string that's frozen you started it off as independent strings and therefore they have different object IDs. Right. And, so. and that's kind of where a lot of the confusion lies is when you say same string, it's the same set of characters, but it's right. not the same object. So that's, you know, and yeah. I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes because as humans, when we say the string is this, we're meaning what the words say, but that's a computer says no it's the object well it's it's reference to essentially it's memory location of what's right. being stored yeah so yeah so there are some some tricky gotchas in this in this stuff that you have to be um careful of now ruby 2.2 started freezing strings as hash keys when you use a string as a hash key freezing those by default in Ruby 2.3, they added this frozen string literal true magic comment, and you'll you'll see that a lot at the top of Ruby files, um, and it's kind of become a just kind of a template for most Ruby developers is to put that at the top of a lot of their Ruby files, and basically that just if I make a string, it's frozen by default in that file. So I don't have to do string.freeze. It does that by default. Um, and we'll talk about the pros and cons of that here in a minute. Um, so an interesting thing to mention about um, doing that is the symbols by default, I think this is either 2.2 or prior to 2.2, symbols weren't really garbage collected. So that left a security issue if you accepted this data and you converted it into a um, converted user input into symbols and you consistently could get random symbols, well, now your Ruby program would grow forever because there's no garbage collection and it would crash. So it was like a denial of service issue. So what they actually did, so this is something I found out in doing research, is that there are two different types of symbols. One is called mortal and one is called immortal. So the mortal symbols can be garbage collected. And those are the ones like if you're converting your hash from, uh, as you say you have string as keys for your hash and you want to do it to sim like to symbol mm -hmm. those are more those are converted because a lot of those are user input like if you bring data from the database from a like a json b file it's going to give you string keys for your hashes it won't do symbols right 
and they do that probably because of these issues prior to Ruby 2 too. Right. But now you can convert them to symbols and it'll convert them as mortal, meaning that they can be garbage collected. But there are certain ones that are, can stay immortal, like when you're defining methods or there are certain things you're using symbols for in that, those use cases that they stay immortal. So that's just something and interesting add on to kind of what you were mentioning too, I found out. Yeah. And it, yeah, I, I saw that too, that they, prior to 2.2, they were having some issues with using symbols used to be a bigger deal because the lack of garbage collection was used as, as an attack vector. And yeah, if, if you were converting them, yeah, into symbols, you would blow right. up your memory. And, and you know, doing that is not uncommon. Seeing some string dot two sim or you know some hash to sim. Or particularly, you take a whole hash you've received, and I can't remember the syntax for Ruby, but you can convert them all to symbol keys as opposed to string keys. The you mean the hash within Surprise. different access I think it's called stuff? No, no. If you have a hash that you have that has all string keys. I think it's called symbolize keys is oh, the command right. yeah. to convert them all to symbols, mm -hmm. which is great. But imagine before they were mortal, before they were garbage collected, they would be like. <laughs> yeah. And if you had a, you know, a hash with five keys, maybe that's a no. big deal. But if you had a hash with a thousand keys and you're doing that a thousand times, you got a problem. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. So. Symbols versus frozen strings, then, what, what's, what's the difference? In terms of performance, all the benchmarks I saw said not much difference. Yeah. Um, and it used to not be the case, but yeah. Yeah, currently. Um, I think as, as of like Ruby 2.5 or 2.6, there really isn't any negligible, any noticeable difference um even in hashes with about a thousand key value pairs that they were doing performance tests on which is a really big hash there was negligible difference between frozen uh, key frozen key frozen, frozen string strings. keys yeah and, and symbol keys symbol keys yeah well i just could not get that phrase out. Um, so there's really not a, a performance difference there. Um, there's certainly a performance difference between frozen and unfrozen keys. Um, when you get to that size, that level of, of uh, usage, when you're looking at small hashes, it's negligible there too, or small volumes of stuff. The difference yeah. between frozen and non-frozen key strings isn't really noticeable. Um, but if you have a large production app or you have very large hashes, um, that, it, that definitely is. So the difference between symbol and frozen strings, as far as I can tell, really has more to do with readability in most cases, especially for like hash keys. What's your readability preference than it does with performance? Um, so, you know, I, I 
I, I'm a little skeptical about putting that magic freezing the strings comment at the top of every Ruby file by default because you can break some stuff if you do that without thinking. I mean... I, I did find one post. Uh, let me see if I can see what the name was. Um, give me one sec. Yeah, I don't. It was it was saying magic comment question mark. <laughs> yeah, because he added it to every file in his Ruby project, deployed it, and the performance went. <laughs> right. So you have to be a little careful with that. It, he removed it and like deployed another branch, I guess, or you know prior to that happening and the performance went back up to normal. So he was like, uh, not so magic. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I don't think it's, it's the silver bullet that gets talked about a lot of times. Um, you know, Rubocop has a cop that, that warns you, Hey, you haven't put this here. I'm not entirely yeah. sure that that's a good idea in a lot of cases. Um, freezing strings is a good idea in a lot of cases, but, I think it's better to do that intentionally than put a blanket magic comment there. I think I just think that magic comment is a little too dangerous. Well, I mean, I think yeah, I I think that maybe with the your own code you're writing putting in that comment for the files you're writing it may not be an issue. But if it's your if you're adding to files that like depending how old the Rails version you're using is or the Ruby program you're using, or what else are you using that could potentially be impacted by it? Right. So it, now let's talk about but, the so it's like like anything, your mileage may vary and yeah. you gotta test out things and see how it works. Now there are benefits to frozen strings beyond performance. I mean, performance is one aspect of it, but there are other reasons that you may want to do that. Well, one other reason in particular I can think of, and that is to be able to treat those strings as constants that cannot be changed so that something in your code doesn't change a string value that you're depending on somewhere else. You want to define it, freeze it, and say this is what it's always going to be. Yep. It cannot be changed. So it there is a, a, an aspect of it being a safety net uh, for some things. This is what constants would do in .NET. If I define something as a constant, it could not be changed anywhere. And it's kind of odd that constants can be changed in Ruby. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it, it, it's, it's not, not a constant. constant. <laughs> if it's can be changed it's it's a <laughs> exactly. dynamic constant that what <laughs> so yeah I, that was that I was think a little that's bit, a bit of an oversight that. yeah <laughs> that's not what that word means um so when would i want to use these things well all right so if i'm doing hashes as strings i definitely want frozen string keys I'm using strings for my hash keys, I want them to be frozen. I don't want to use regular strings. 
I personally prefer using um, symbols as hash keys because of readability. They're yeah, much easier for less, me to read. Less typing, too. Yeah. So that's my preference. Uh, from a performance standpoint, there's really no difference there. Um, the only... So, yeah, the other thing we should mention is that with symbols, at least with Ruby, uh, you can't have spaces in them. So that's a little bit of a... Right. Issue and one reason why you have to, I think, or maybe you mentioned this. I'm sorry, I can't remember. But like, if you're taking in user input mm -hmm. and it's going to be a key of something, well, then you got to, you know, use a string. Right. Because or, you don't know if they're going to put a space in there. And, yeah, and as soon or, as there's a space, it can't be a symbol. Yeah. Or convert it beforehand, do something to replace the space with underscore something. Yeah. I don't know. So either way, you got you to gotta mess with it. So why not just leave it as the string? Um, it's easier to just do dot freeze than dot replace all these with this and can camelize and pitch, you know, spaceify and all the, all the other things you got to do. Um, also there are cases like with certain gems and stuff and, and, uh, other apps that you may be talking to where they require keys as the, um, as the, 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 Geez, I am really having a problem with that. They require strings as the keys. They they don't take symbols, so it's it's not common. But if you're using strings, that's almost universally will almost universally be accepted because yeah. even if they're requiring, even if they're using symbols, they'll usually do a hash within different access, so they don't care. Yeah. So, um. And for those who don't know, hash within different access means you can either, you have a hash that's built some way, but you can use either symbols to act as a key for the hash, or you could use a string as the key for the hash. Right. Um, now, you can run into issues with that if for some reason you've got a, a key name with a space in it, then it can't be a symbol. But if you're putting spaces in your key names, I think we need to have a different conversation with you because gross. Don't do that. <laughs> it's just bad. Um, so, you know, there's, there's things to think about, but really frozen keys or frozen... My God, I cannot get past... <laughs> frozen strings and symbols don't have a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, from a from a performance perspective, they're almost identical. From a um a readability perspective, they're pretty the same. I mean, everybody has their preference, but they're not that different. Um and you know, from an accessibility standpoint, as far as, I mean, accessibility from other apps and stuff, you very rarely run into a situation where it cares which one you're using. So there's not a whole lot of difference there. Now, the difference between strings and frozen strings is a big difference in both performance and the safety net it provides in your coding. So... You should use. Well, I don't know a big performance. Well, okay, at, at, at scale, there yeah, is. Uh, well, yeah. big okay. enough. Big enough that if you're trying to do performance improvements, this is a thing that's worth looking at. 
and it's usually a fairly simple thing to change sure. so it's a big try. bang yeah. for the buck yeah um so you know if you're going through and doing performance enhancements or if you know that you're going to have strings at scale freezing them is a good way to help your performance it certainly doesn't hurt your performance um but you want to be careful about doing blanket freezes because you can break stuff very badly because there are times when you've got a string variable and you need to be able to change it or append to it or something like that. You know, that happens quite often. So be careful about the blanket magic um, thing. Don't just always stick that at the top of your file. It's not always a good idea. So any hue, Anything else you could think of on that topic? Not really. I mean, I think it pretty we pretty much beat the horse as it is. Yeah. It's not <laughs> We it, talked about other languages and some of their support too, so. Yeah. It's not a complicated topic, but it's confusing because I think a lot of people just don't really dig into it and don't I didn't for a very long time. Because I didn't really have a need to care. But I think understanding it is important, just understanding the differences, because it's not complex, and it can help you in some cases, especially in Ruby, where you don't have any other way to make a constant string. Yep. You know, a lot of their other types are frozen by default, but strings are not. And so this is the way you can make an actual constant. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks for joining us tonight. If you did enjoy that, please make sure you like, subscribe, follow Twitch, uh, t t Twitch or Twitch, YouTube. Do a Twitch. I, I give <laughs> up. Just mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern for more Dev Talk. Tell your friends. Next week we're going to be talking about some new stuff in Ruby three. It's not. I mean. Ruby 3 isn't new at this point, but it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, one of the almost, things that was introduced. Almost 18 months old. <laughs> right. One of the things that was introduced in Ruby 3, static typing. We're going to be talking about that. Static versus dynamic typing. Who, who cares? Why should you care? A lot of it's people lot care about people dynamic care. versus static oh, typing. Oh, yes. So we're going to have that fun conversation. Uh, if, you've, uh, if you have a topic that you would like to see on the show and Boy, do we need some ideas. Please leave it in the comments below. Uh, or you can email it to us at rubberduckdevshow at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Or you can, you know, just send us brainwaves. We don't care. We'll take it any way you can give it. Uh, podcasts are available all places that podcasts live. Visit our site, www. For God's sake, I rubberduckdevshow.com sign up for our newsletter see all our stuff listen to all our freaking podcasts follow us on twitter at ducky dev show till next week happy programming